You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This interview is a part of the How She Creates Good series. In these interviews, I get to shine a light on women who are using art and their creativity to empower others, advocate for social justice, and bring healing to our beautiful world. This series serves to educate, bring attention to amazing organizations, and inspire you to use your creativity for good. Welcome to How She Creates. Today's episode is going to be a really fun one. I am excited to talk with our guest today, uh, Christiana, who lives in Uganda and works in a um, foster community. And she's a foster mom and she just does some really, really cool stuff. And she is 25, which just blows my mind how much. life she is living uh, already. And so I'm really excited for us to learn from her and to hear what life looks like um, as she's doing ethical orphan care in Uganda. So Christiana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. um, Will you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I am Christiana and I am living in Uganda. I am a foster mom. I work with a ministry here. We have a children's shelter and a sponsorship program, and it's just a really crazy, crazy life that I'm so thankful to live. Yeah, I love following you on Instagram. Tell us your Instagram so people can can find you really quickly. Um, It is Christiana underscore Noel. Perfect. And we'll we'll have that linked in the show notes too. Um, Yeah, I love a good visual to go along with (laughs) who we're talking to. Uh, So tell us a little bit of your story, where you came from, kind of how you ended up from you started in the States and how you ended up in Uganda. Can you can you give us the the full story? Yeah. um, So I grew up, I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. I actually have nine adopted siblings. Um, and that's kind of where my passion for orphan care kind of came in from that, I think. Um, my dad was in the Air Force, and so we didn't really travel that much. We were luckily we got to stay in Washington State for most of my growing up. But you know, my dad would come back and tell us stories and bring us gifts, and it just really made me want to go and see the world. Um, so when I was 17 years old, I came to Uganda and I stayed here for a year volunteering in a children's home. And kind of looking back on that, I'm not really sure that was the smartest decision for me to be working in a children's home just because of the whole ethical orphan care and stuff. But um, that was what I did. (laughs) And then I went back home for a few years and I came back in 2016. Um, I moved here. And after I got here, I found an incredible ministry that is just working and doing ethical orphan care. Um, they have a children's shelter, but they believe in, you know, family empowerment um, and keeping children with their family. And then we also, or I accidentally started a sponsorship program. It started with four kids and then it just kind of 
kind of grew. Um, and then I began fostering. That That is just all amazing. You're doing <laughs> so many cool things. Um, okay, so tell us how you moved to Uganda with, with no plans, nothing to do, and how you figured out what you were going to do. Yeah, I was kind of in the middle of um, some college classes and in between jobs, and I just wanted to come back for – um, a few months. And so I had three months of pretty much no plans. I had saved to come back and I just wanted to come back and experience it again. I left when I left in 2012, I kind of had a bad experience with some things and ethical orphan care and seeing it done badly. And so I had vowed never to come back. <laughs> and then I did, and I had three months to just experience it new um, and that was when I met the people who were running this organization that I'm working for now. Okay, so let's let's break that down. So this interview is part of our How She Creates Good series. And so I really want to shine a light on people who are doing good things in the world, um, but also help educate mm-hmm. um, people on, on what these different terms and things mean and how we can be involved and how we can be supportive. Um, so tell us what ethical orphan care actually means and looks like. Okay. So there are kind of living in Uganda, especially we see there's kind of two ends of how to do orphan care. And we have some people who will come and build orphanages. And then we have some people who will come and just shout that they need to be shut down. But I really, you know, living here and working in a children's shelter in a children's home, you really see that each child has a different story. And there's some children who come from backgrounds like poverty and stuff that their family just needs help and empowerment. Um, but then we also have children who come and, and their father attempted to murder them. And so it's kind of that balancing act of you have to look at the child's story and you have to see what is appropriate for them. Um, I've also seen children's homes who will, or orphanages that will take in as many children as they want, just because it means they get more funding. The bigger numbers they have equals more funding to them. And so that is very dangerous to these children. Um, But I think it's just stepping back and realizing that we don't have all the answers. Um, Family empowerment is a big part of it. But a child's story is the most, um, just, it has to be the most important part of orphan care. And not one solution is going to fit every child's story. So I feel like I've been learning a lot through following you on Instagram about what this looks Mm -hmm. like. So can you give us an example for maybe people who are not as familiar of a family, kind of the two different roads of a family who, you know, you're working towards reunification and family support, and then the, the flip side of that coin of you're looking for an adoptive family for a child. Yeah. So um, one story of family empowerment would be a woman I knew. Um, It was a domestic abuse situation. He was providing all the money. She didn't have anywhere to go. She had three children and she was an incredible, uh, incredible mom. Like she was just wonderful. And um, so we were able to kind of train her and how to run a business and then give her a small business grant to start her own produce stand. And we just saw her thrive in that situation. Um, But on the flip side of that, we have a little girl right now who her father was um, 
I mean, she has scars all over her body. And the story is that her father had attempted to murder her. Um, and she's just the happiest little thing. But right now, we don't even think there's a family a family member that can take her back. And so it would be looking for um, maybe a Ugandan foster family um, is usually the number one solution if they can't go back to their biological family. And do you guys work with international adoption at all? Not typically and not right now. Uganda has kind of um, made it a bit harder for international adoptions. Um, so we haven't really been working with with it right now. Yeah, I just I think it's so important. I love that I'm getting to talk to you to hear about, you know, a local agency working with local families um, because, you know, a lot of the mindset or the, um, you know, the, the, the marketing that we see from America is, you know, kids in bad situations in other countries and then Americans come in and, um, and adopt them. Um, but we don't get to hear a lot of, from people like you who are working on the ground with families trying to reunite them or to keep children, you know, in their hometown, in their home culture. Um, and I just think that, you know, I don't think either one is, you know, one is more right or more wrong than the other. Um, but I just think it's, you guys are not getting enough credit um, doing the good, good work that that you're doing over there. Um, so what is your role like? Um in this process in the day to day. So right now I am basically the communication coordinator. I coordinate everything between the children's home and the States. And then I work with the social worker for updates for, um, just the background of different children. Um, so it's a lot of storytelling, a lot of taking pictures of the children, um, and then sharing them with people who have been walking this journey with us by funding us from the States. Oh, perfect. So let's let's talk about that. So tell us more about the sponsorship program. So we have, well, we kind of have two different parts of it. There's a sponsorship program for education, and that's when most of those children still live with their families. Um, and that we do it annually. So in the beginning of the year is when the school year starts in Uganda. Um, so we do it usually by January 1st. We have about 20 children in that program right now. And they all come from at-risk homes. Um, either their families are impoverished or their parents are neglectful or something. Um, and that's kind of that part of the sponsorship program. And then we also do sponsorships for the children's home, which is just kind of a ongoing thing because it never it never really stops. So anyone anywhere can can be a part of that and sponsor the home or specific yes. children. Okay, nice. Um, and we'll have links to to everything in the show notes. So if you are um, getting excited about this and want to be involved and support these programs, um, all of that will be will be there in the show notes for you guys. Um, so tell us how else we can be involved. Like, what does it look like for us to help you create this good in the world? I think it's just, you know, my part in this is really telling stories and um, making sure people understand like what orth ethical orphan care is and um, how to be a part of it. And sponsorship is an amazing way to, but also being educated, I think yourself is really important and being knowledgeable about um, 
like who you are giving to and knowing I think orphanages, if you're sponsoring an orphanage that's not that does not have a goal of family empowerment and community development, there's probably something wrong and it may be more about funding in some situations. Um, so I think it's just important to be educated and to know the differences. So you're talking a lot about storytelling, which is a big thing that we touch on on this podcast. That is, you know, such a creative endeavor, like you're saying, the photography and, uh, you know, and just the conversations that you're having and sharing and writing these kids and these family stories. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so with storytelling, I think um, it's mostly, you know, I have to be careful with the way I'm allowed to tell stories when it comes to children and their stories, because I want to be protective and mindful of their stories being their stories. Um, but I just love getting to know people. And I really feel like the more we listen to people and the more we listen to people's stories, the more we become educated and the more we also um, just change the world by listening sometimes. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's so important. And you're right, telling stories thoughtfully and listening to other people's is, it it really changes your mindset and opens your worldview so, so very much. And, you know, do you follow accounts like um, Humans of New York? Yes. There's, somebody started one for Uganda recently and it's really amazing. Oh, do you know what it's called? I think it's Humans of Uganda. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, there are so many, so many of those accounts now, and I, I love following them. And because you're right, yeah. it is storytelling, just opens our eyes and our hearts in just such a different way that it's it's hard to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so you're a foster mom, which just blows my mind when I see your pictures and, and read your stories and stuff online. Tell us a little bit more about what that life is like. Oh, it's so crazy, but <laughs> I love it. Um, I didn't really expect to become a single foster mom so soon. Um, so I have two boys that I'm raising. They are not related, um, but they act like brothers, my goodness. And um, it's just been a really beautiful journey. It's been hard in ways I never expected it to be, but it's been really good in ways that I also never expected it to be. Um, the youngest one is actually headed towards adoption, and the oldest one is a lot more uncertain, but um, it's just because they have very different stories. Wow. How old are they? The youngest is eight next month, and the oldest is 13. So, I mean, what is that like for you to be 25, raising an eight and a 13-year-old? The eight-year-old is a little bit more easy. The 13-year-old is, I'm trying to balance the whole teenager thing right now. Um, I think when you have your own biological baby, you have the process of going through, you know, the pregnancy, the birth. And letting them raise. But then with the 13-year-old, I just kind of jumped into teenager. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's very rewarding. That that just blows my mind. Like to think, like, what would I do if a 13-year-old moved into my house tomorrow? 
Um, <laughs> what what would you say is like the best part and like the biggest struggle of being a foster mom? I mean, the best part is just having them with me and knowing, you know, they're safe. Um, the youngest one, I had known him for a bit before he lived with me. And so like now that he's with me, I know that he's safe. I know he's provided for. Um, my favorite thing was just watching them go from not malnourished, but also not not very healthy either. And, you know, gaining weight and stuff. That's just for me, that was just so beautiful. And I love watching them like flourish where they are. Mm -hmm. But I think the struggle was just figuring out how to be a mom to boys who are not babies and just balancing it as a balancing it as a single mom too. Yeah. So how are you also kind of treading the line of, you know, you're an American raising Ugandan kids in Uganda. How are you walking that line? It is very challenging sometimes and foster care, you know, and adoption is not very common between even just locals. And so having a white mom is a little bit challenging for them because they hear people say different things about me. And then, um, and then just balancing the culture and knowing like what is acceptable in this culture for children and what's not, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's whole, it's a whole nother culture too. Yeah. So are there people in your life, maybe in your agency that are kind of helping you like walk this line and figure these things out? Yes. I have the support of my, the social worker who works in our ministry. I'll kind of bounce things off him sometimes. And then I have a really close friend who's just amazing and I'll bounce things off her when I need it. Yeah. And so how do your parents feel about it? What is what is their take on having these Ugandan foster grandchildren across the ocean? Yeah, I think because they adopted, um, mm. they're very supportive of it. They see them as their grandchildren. And um, my mom's actually coming on Monday to see them. And so we're just really excited. They see her as a grandmother and she sees them as her grandkids. And yeah. Oh. It's so beautiful. I just I love watching your story um, unfold on Instagram. It's 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 just such a beautiful story of you know redemption and grace and mm-hmm. um, you know service and selflessness and I yeah I just I love it so much. So I feel like you have to be so creative in different ways, and that's what I love about this series that I'm doing on the podcast of with the how she creates good is that it doesn't maybe from the outside look like, you know, I was talking to a couple other ladies and they were like, Oh, we don't, we don't really see ourselves as creative. But then the more as we talked and I was like, you had to get so creative to like create these programs and to do all of this amazing things, these amazing things. Um, you're using your creative muscles and problem solving and creating something from nothing. Um, And so, you know, I see you the exact same way. Uh, So how do you feel like creativity plays a part in in this program and what you're doing every day? Well, first with just the storytelling aspect of it and um, being able to meet people and tell their stories is such an honor. Um, I really see it as a privilege when people entrust me to tell their stories and to tell their side of things. Um, And I really want orphan care to be seen more in a positive way instead of a 
I don't know. I think there's a way we can treat it sometimes where it's just, it, we would like to play like the children are sad and impoverished here, but you know, we want to see the joy and stuff too in that. And that's something I really strive to do through, you know, my pictures and my stories is not to betray them as, um, as sad little orphans, but to show their strengths in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just with, with everything else in my life, it's all just a balancing act. And I feel like there's so much I have to be creative with just to figure out and solve. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. I, I think that's a perfect example. Um, I always say that creativity is, is problem solving and you probably have a lot of problems every day that you have to, yeah. you know, find creative ways to figure, figure things out. And, you know, especially with family reunification, um, you know, and figuring out kids' stories and what's happening, you have to get so creative and, and how you deal with people and, um, you know, your investigations of, of what's going on and, and finding mm-hmm. ways, you know, cause I was, I was a social worker and, you know, I feel like social workers are the most creative people, you know, because it's, it's, we get this giant puzzle that's like all broken apart and you have to figure out how to put it all back together and, you know, figure out what to put in all the missing holes. And, um, I think that's like a perfect example of what you're doing and how you have to be so creative in that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? I mean, for me, it's mostly just, you know, telling these stories, um, figuring out, you know, like you said, figuring out the children's stories. And sometimes it's so complicated and so different and figuring out the day to day here because nothing, nothing is simple. If you've ever been to Africa, you know, there's just this culture of very laid back, um, uh, you just have to find creativity in everything. I mean, yesterday morning we got ready for church and we went outside and we realized that our driveway was blocked. Um, the guys had told us they were working on our driveway, but then we realized they had actually dug a ditch and there was no way out. And so we ended up having to go down and get taxis instead. But it was just, you know, it's just that crazy day-to-day thing. Um of just figuring it out. And then I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think you hit on a really important point there. <laughs> I think um, people who don't live in America or a very westernized culture do not realize that things like that happen every day. Like every day, something like that happens here. And we, yeah. we live in a, in like, you know, I live in, in like the UAE. It's a pretty like modernized culture, but still crazy stuff like that happens. And I'm like, what, what, how did you not think that through? Yeah. Um, and it is, it's like such an extra, I feel like that's why I'm always so exhausted, you know, living overseas yeah. is because everything is such like, I have to problem solve everything, you know, mm-hmm. everything is such like an ordeal. Um, and yeah, I know that that's a big one for you. And so, yeah, I definitely agree that travel, living overseas, all of that is just a creative lifestyle in itself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is your favorite resource for creativity? Um, Where do you turn when you want some inspiration? Lately, I've been really into podcasts, but there's not like a single one. I just kind of bounce around. I just bounce around and listen to all different ones. 
Like I don't have a favorite. I just I love all of them. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I tend to bounce around too. I don't I'm not like a serial listener to mm-hmm. anything in particular. Um do you have like a genre that you like? Um I love anything that has to do with orphan care because it's just a way to educate myself even more. Um the Archibald Project is really amazing to listen to. Oh, oh! I didn't know they had a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Now, talk about storytelling. They have – they share the most beautiful photos yes. and, and adoption stories. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Um, are there any other adoption podcasts that you listen to? There is another one, but I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, I think that'd be a perfect resource to include for yeah. people. Uh, so, Christiana, what is new with you? What can we be looking at um, new and exciting coming from you guys? So, we are currently working on our stateside nonprofit organization. Um, we had been partnered with another ministry, but we are branching out so that we can continue to expand our, our, our work in Uganda um, and to be able to just continue with family, working with families and the empowerment, um, including workshops eventually for parents who need some extra help. Um, and we, um, and we have a website that will be up, um, called wildflowers international. And it just tells more about our hopes for the community, for expanding this organization and all of that. Lovely. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I know everyone's going to be really excited to go check that out and see what you guys have going on and see how they can get involved. Um, So links to everything that Christiana talked about today and some good resources for you guys if you want to learn more about ethical orphan care will be in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And you can always sign up for the newsletter lauren-likes.com slash newsletter to get um, all of these announcements and information delivered to your inbox every week. Um, Christiana, thank you so much for being here and for sharing with us. We're so excited about the work that you're doing. um, And I hope everyone is going to follow your story and cheer you on and learn so much more about what this crazy, beautiful life that you're living is like. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys all for listening to another wonderful episode in our series of how she creates good. And I hope that you guys have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to how she creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.